Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I walked into weightlifting because Remnick had said to me, I think weightlifting's good. And in a phone conversation, uh, it's the greatest event I think I've ever seen. Weightlifting. <laughs> just lifting up rocks. You know, yeah. you just lift weights and, and the drama is, you know, the next... This guy, for argument's sake, this guy has lifted 250 pounds. You're about to lift 250 pounds to tie him. You back off the bar, and the announcer goes, he wants more weight. And you go to 251. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. For those of you who wondered, uh, Chessie is, is pretty much back to normal. You can hear her in the background. She's barking. She wants attention to be paid to her as Michael is here. Ms. McManus is with us today. It's Next. great it's great you have that concierge service. Yeah, at the well that but that was the place that helped her most. The next day, the next day, we had a redo and it helped her the most. And these are stories that I will not be telling on the air at the moment. Um, next week we're gonna try and go into a studio. Unless there's a lockdown. We're gonna try and go into the studio and have the usual complement of people, which will be five people and we'll see if five or six people even no, five people, yes? And we'll see if that works out. And if it works out, we'll stay in the studio most of the time until they tell us you can't be indoors anymore. And so then we'll come back here. Um, I'm going to tell you a story that was going to be very expansive, but I'm going to make it brief because of the results of it. Uh, this is a little bit inside baseball on PTI. Yesterday, we are sitting down at about uh, 4.30 to begin the taping process of PTI. And we have to have it done, obviously, by 5.30. There are all of these rumors about trades. The immediate rumor is that Max Scherzer is going to go to San Diego. And, and what happens is people get on social media and one-up one another. They say, oh, well, you know, they're fine. They're, it, it, it's a pack mentality. Somebody says San Diego and nine other people say they're finalizing the deal with San Diego. And then one person says... But maybe the Dodgers are in it. And everybody goes, oh, the Dodgers could be in it. So they're like all birds flying off the wire and getting back on the wire. So that's that's out there. Then there's a rumor that Russell Westbrook is going to go. This is all between 4.30 and 4.45. Uh, there's a rumor that Russell Westbrook is going to leave the Wizards and end up in the Lakers. I know we have a story in on the draft. I don't care at all about the NBA draft, so thank God Wilbon wasn't there yesterday because Wilbon will be there today, and all he'll want to talk about is the NBA draft. Actually, he won't. He'll understand that the trades are much greater than the NBA draft, but he'll want to do three stories on the NBA. No, we're not going to be doing that. So while this is all happening, we tape the second segment because that can be taped to a certain amount of time. It doesn't really matter. But we're holding off on the opening block for definitive word of these trades because my position is if you don't have it you can't do it because five minutes into the show something happens it doesn't work so my position was let's just tape an opening segment as if these trades haven't happened we can talk i wouldn't talk about the westbrook trade but we talk about scherzer certainly because it looks like he's going to be dealt and we can talk about joey gallo going from texas to the yankees Pablo's a Yankee fan. I'm a Nats fan. Let's just tape something, and then if something happens, we do the show live. And they finally agree to that. And nothing happens for four hours. And the reason nothing happens for four hours is because when you are involved in these trades, you really do, quite literally, have to cross the T's and dot the I's. You have to know exactly who's going where for exactly how long a period of time, exactly who's coming back. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, having a trade together in principle is... 
is not having the trade. And in the case of the baseball trade, well, you know, with San Diego, except if you wake up this morning, you find out it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you find out Trey Turner is gone too. In fact, what you really find out, and then we open this up for discussion, is that Mike Rizzo has gutted the Washington Nationals like a fish. That all of the people who were important, if not this year, if not only this year, but for a few years back, they're all gone. They're all gone now, except for Juan Soto. They're all gone. And the notion that they're going to rebuild around Juan Soto and he's going to take their offer doesn't seem like a slam dunk to me because he looks around at the rest of the team and says, why do I want to play here? Matt Scherzer, the greatest free agent pitcher signing since Randy Johnson and a surefire Hall of Famer. He's gone. Goes to the Dodgers. Okay. Nobody begrudges Max Scherzer going. Trey Turner, what? 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 They have Corey Seager. Trey Turner, I didn't see that coming. Trey Turner, I think, is he, Michael, is he batting second or third in the National League? Sure, we'll go with that. Something like that. He's high up in the National He's an all-star. Why'd you get rid of him? Because then you read, oh, he's turned down a couple of extensions. Still have him till the end of next year. You don't have to get rid of him. Brad Hand can't go far enough away. But Brad Hand was a key... Brad Hand was a key acquisition. Daniel Hudson actually has been pretty good in the eighth inning. He don't want to pitch the ninth. It's like, you know, let's give him some apple slices and tell him he doesn't have to pitch the ninth. But he's been pretty he good. closed out your World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber, who for five or six hours was the greatest player since Babe Ruth, he's gone too. He goes to Boston. There's who, You tell me who's left. You can tell me that Strasburg is left, but you don't know if he's ever going to pitch again. He's pitched 10 innings in two years, collected a lot of money. Patrick Corbin doesn't look anywhere near like he did. He looks like a number three pitcher now. Yeah, so Gerardo Parra's left. How long is that going to last? They sent him to Japan last year. So, okay, so what do you think? Well, I think it's sad as a fan to see the team gutted so much. They could lose every game the rest of the season. Yes, but from a business point of view, I understand a lot of it. I mean, Scherzer was is 37 yes 37 two days ago and was coming up on needing more money there was this romance that he'd go somewhere else and then come back he's not coming back kids uh -uh. i'm I'm glad that he's going to the dodgers at least got a chance of getting another ring he can be verlander Um, they'll win but trey turner i have to say was one of these local sports guys who brought some personality to that team and to this city it's an all-star as as did schwerzer i mean Schwarzer was so great when you watched him in the dugout, just jawing away. He's you never shut up. One of the very, very few pitchers ever who was a team leader. Yeah. Everyday players can't stand pitchers. I would watch him sit next to Strasburg, give him some tips, which Strasburg seemed to happily accept. Team leader. Yeah. So w- when the news was breaking, it was the Padres. I was sitting there being, a, you know, what, you know who'd be smiling down on this, George Mitrovich, and you're thinking yeah, that could be the final that's piece right. in a in a race that's going to be down to the wire in the West. I wasn't thrilled to hear about the Dodgers, and you think about why include Turner, and you start to wonder. The off season for shortstops is fully loaded right now, and the Dodgers might just be playing the math game of saying we have we signed Seager to this one year deal. He had this huge uh, World Series in, in last year. We can put Trey Turner somewhere else in the infield, or maybe even play him. 
in center, which they do. They put infielders all over. They have the place. two infielders named Turner. How many Turners do you need? <laughs> no, they have they have a team that doesn't necessarily wear some masks sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so you just think was that Both the Turners. was was that the was that the piece that they had to try and create a package where it felt good enough giving away the pitcher and the catcher that they did, and that's how Turner got involved with this. And then you had the eleventh hour suitor of the Angels. I also thought that'd be really compelling if you could have Scherzer pitching over there with Otani. Yeah. So here's what happens. What do the Nats get? They get prospects. You know who gets prospects? Bad teams get prospects. The Pirates just got prospects for Adam Frazier. But the Yankees give away all their prospects because the Yankees are trying to win now. The Yankees have money and no patience. This team, the Washington Nationals, team I love, is going to the bottom. It's going to the bottom. They'll have a managerial change within two years well, because this, the this guy's going to win 35 games. This is a reminder as to how young this team is and how young D.C. is a baseball town just because this is a cycle we've never really had before. We had the bad, you know, eight to ten year stretch when we first returned to D.C., but nothing right. like this. Let's think. This has become a bad team, Tony. They were losing yes. to the Marlins. They were losing to the Phillies. Brad Hand and Austin Voth. Yes. And Bad bullpen. They never got the bullpen right. When they won the World Series, it wasn't the bullpen. It was the starters was going the starters. into the bullpen. Absolutely. And the starters going a long time as starters, too. It was really sad yesterday. So we, we are, the afternoon game, I'm able to listen to it on the radio and see glimpses, I didn't even know they were glimpses on TV. And you hear uh, you know, you're Charlie and Dave do the whole, let's talk about Scherzer's best moments as a Nat. Because they know and you're walking going. in and out of the car, and, and I have Walker in the car trying to explain to him. I don't know, like if you're Saliz and you have kids of a certain age, how do you explain? Oh, no, we're not going to see Scherzer in five. We got those tickets. No, no Scherzer's not going to be pitching today. Now, let's go to the Wizards. The Wizards acquire, the Wizards make a great trade last year. They get rid of John Wall, one of the most overrated players in the world. And they get Russell Westbrook, who delivers. Triple doubles all over the place. By the end of the year, they're a significantly better team than they were for the last two to three years. They just get rid of Russell Westbrook completely for a bunch of people. I'll get to that. Let me just put in the Lakers piece. This is LeBron, LeBron James. The Lakers don't do anything without LeBron James saying this is a good idea. This is LeBron James saying, I'll handle the ball less. It'll be okay. Westbrook is going to help. I have Westbrook. I have Davis. I have me. I can challenge the Brooklyn Nets. We make this deal. Okay. Although you do ask yourself, why does LeBron want Westbrook who needs to have the ball? Michael, just it's okay if she barks. It's okay if she barks. She was attacking my coffee bun. You know, um, <laughs> you, you wonder why LeBron says it's okay with Westbrook, but the, but the answer is probably because LeBron's 38 years old and he wants one more. Mm -hmm. And so he'll do anything for one year to get one more. Mm -hmm. But from the Wizards' point of view, they get, yeah, they get three starters, three okay starters. But if, if you've got, and they get Bradley Beal, who's a guy who scores a lot of points on teams that lose. If you get these three starters who are relatively young, Kuzma and Caldwell Pope and who's the other one they got, Montrez Harrell, they're relatively young players. I don't think any of them are much past 26 or 27, if that old. And now you've got three guys who've gotten in the last three years, three number one draft picks, Hachimura and Avija, and now did they get the kid from Gonzaga, the three-point shooter? What's his name? Corey Kispert? Yep. Well, what are they going to do? Well, what you know? What is the overall plan for this team? What is Tommy Tommy Marshall? Tommy, what's his name? Can't remember the GM, the guy who talks about the Wizards' way. And you go, what is this guy talking about? The, what What is his plan? 
You just got three young starters, and you drafted three young starters. Who's going to play? You got a center who always gets hurt, always gets hurt, and you've got, again, Bradley Beal, who scores a lot of points on teams that lose. Do they look better to you? Do they look better without Russell Westbrook? Do they look better? Or do they look like a team that's going to win 35 to 40 games and compete for the eighth spot in the playoffs? Well, that is the Wizards' way. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, again... They're a lot less interesting as a team without Westbrook. I mean, all, yeah. I'm grateful that the Caps resigned Ovechkin. Smart move. So at least we have some magnetic sports figure so in our landscape. I assume they do this to pacify Bradley Beal, who probably says, hey, Westbrook's got his hands on the ball all the time. What am I doing here? Hey, is this the right way to go? Right? Is, yeah, is it- so how is the... What's the role of the coach in this? Because you just bring in a new coach. Just, like, does he have any even, idea this is on the, is in the works? I don't or? know. I don't know if they surprised West Unsell Jr. with all of this, or if they say to him, "You're lucky we gave you the job. Just take what we give you and see what you can do." <laughs> that sounds. I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, if I'm the head coach, that team. If you want to talk about a team that has nobody left from an hour and a half ago, that team. What do they have from three years ago other than Bradley Beal? Yeah, if you come in as a coach, you're going, this is a little bit different than what I signed on for. <laughs> right. Who are these guys? Now, again, they're starters, and they were starters on a – well, Harrell wasn't a starter on a championship team because he was with the Clippers. But uh, Caldwell Pope, I guess, and um, Kuzma were starters on last year's championship team. But are they important? Is any other starter important but LeBron James when LeBron James is playing? I guess this also means that Chris Paul will not be going to the Lakers. I mean, you know – but I'll, you know, we could call Wilbon. He'll know. He'll know all of this. Anyway, those are that's what's happened to local teams. One team, the Wizards. Did they get better? I don't know. I know. I know the Nats got worse. But you, you think it's okay? Uh, I mean, Westbrook. The Nats thing. No, the Nats thing. Uh, I don't think it's okay. But I accept it. I accept the fact that we're going back in time. We're going back to those years, as Michael was referencing where we just have to plow through. And you know, you can, can we get say, Soriano back to go 40-40? <laughs> can we go back to RFK? I mean, yeah. You know, Rizzo looks pretty smart with some of the things he did. Soto, for example. Yes. So, I, I have some confidence in him. And and I He just I, took a paring I, knife to the team. Yeah, but I don't think it was premature. I mean, I hate okay. to lose Trey Turner prematurely, but I don't think that gutting decision was premature. They were going down. It's reading the it's reading the market and, and where it's going. But how about this? We just got Bootsy a new size six slash seven Turner T-shirt. <laughs> Who's going to grow into that? Yeah. And the highlight of yesterday after you see so Gomes hits that home run in game one to give Scherzer the W. And you then Scherzer hear, goes out like you a hear, warrior. You hear Gomes basically. You see him on the bench in game two. He's he's sort of coaching up Scherzer as I'm sure this is just buzzing through his ear where I'm going to go. And then you, you Scherzer you, knew he was going. Yeah. To go so the worst yeah. part about the day is you actually lose you lose a great integral part of your benching or your coaching staff because Schwarber is doing the uh, lineup card and now he's gone. <laughs> By the way, I didn't even get into this. Did you, all the coaches got COVID? They all said they're vaccinated. What what is the deal with that? I well, I, I was talking to somebody about this. Somebody who who knows what he's talking about. Which we don't. We were talking in particular about all the Olympic athletes who are testing positive. The tests now are so sensitive and they're taken every day. And there's a test that, this is an English major's description of it. You put it through the centrifuge once, you don't get any results. You put it through the centrifuge 20 times, 30 times, you're going to get more likely 
a positive than a negative because of the sensitivity of that test. It doesn't necessarily mean the player has COVID. I mean, apparently, you could have stood next to somebody that had COVID and test positive. Do we think Turner has it, though? Because Turner's out for 10 days. I mean, he, he can call Justin Turner and find out how that works out. He seems out. like the kind of renegade who wouldn't get a vaccine. Yeah. Oh, the Cole Beasley type? <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, don't you think he's a, Maybe. he's a little bit of a rogue? Maybe. Anyway. All right. So we'll get out of here and uh, we'll have news. We'll have a news segment when we, re- we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo stove ad. I like this copy there's something that feels magical about summer nights maybe it's those gentle breezes symphonies of animals and insects or the warming glow of a campfire day or night a smokeless fire pit from solo stove turns magical summer moments into unforgettable memories what's the status of our solo stove the solo stove is getting ready to ship and it'll it'll arrive ready for some late summer uh, fire pit action at the new house okay so so you're going to be keeping the solo stove yes but you will be you will have can i be invited have can i have some rights, rights. <laughs> yeah i'd like because i'd i'd like to I'd you're like... not no chance you get weekends but i'll give you one week night well i go to sleep so early okay we'll give you weekend afternoons four okay. to six okay that would so, be not an nfl sunday so uh, i'm sorry to interrupt a commercial but I have to make this observation, as I haven't been on the show for a while, but there seems to be a new standing feature in which the host, an admittedly wealthy man, trolls <laughs> trolls for free countertop appliances, right. for free solo stoves, yeah. and then gets them. And is happy. And is, and is happy momentarily happy. And rubs it into everybody who doesn't have a $300 toaster, <laughs> that we don't have $300 toasters, which, by the way, make toast that's it <laughs> let's go back to solo stove though yeah, but the solo stove is smokeless solo stove creates story-worthy moments without the fireside fumes stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently so little smoke you'll wonder how there's so much fire how does that work you've you've been it's around just, it. it's the design yeah yeah easy to keep lit even easier to clean Solo self fire pits are portable. They're portable. So, Gene, if you weren't so negative about it, you could come over and get we'll one. We'll see how portable it is. It's, it's, it, it's going to do a there and back to South Carolina. It's portable and built to last. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. They are so confident that you'll love it. They're offering a lifetime warranty. A lifetime warranty. And a 30-day free return policy. No one needs a reason to gather around the fire. Solo Stove just took away any reason not to. That's a good sentence. And now you can get $10 off when you use promo code Tony K at checkout. Just go to Solo Stove, S-O-L-O, Solo Stove, dot com. And remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code Tony K. So use the code, people. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Emily Rose. This is a song called Baby Teeth. Talent level is amazing. I was introduced to you by Gabrielle Renault, the show's official Iraq correspondent. Back in November, you played my song Holy Father. I have a new single called Baby Teeth, which came out last Friday. I was curious if you'd be interested to play it on your show. If you do, I hope you like it. Come on. It's lovely. Come on. Come on. Again, I wish I was this talented at anything that like some of these people are. <laughs> Jesse, do you like the song? Can you hear the song? Do you have your ears plugged in? All right, Nigel, you're going to do news, so why don't you set us up with some of the stories you're doing? 
Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Tony. Um, before I get into news proper, I just want to say one quick happy birthday to Nigel's yep. mum, who turns 80 okay. years old today. So happy birthday, Nigel's mum. Um, her name is Winston, by the way, if anyone wants to know what her name is, actually. <laughs> Big fans of Jesse, Churchill. shut up. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> and also, and also I need to... Carol, get Jesse out of here. Go ahead. <laughs> I also need to say a very special thanks to Robbie Woodland, who uh, works for the Department of Public Works in D.C., had no idea who I was, gave me unbelievable help in a dispute I'm having with my neighbors over the garbage cans. Just fantastic. Did not whoa, expect whoa, to get... Whoa, 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 We don't even have to go to news. What is the dispute with your neighbors? You buried the league. Yeah, what is the dispute with your neighbors? Well, the and, and I think Michael could, could understand this because he's, he's seen my, my apartment. Um, the back of my neighbor's apartments is the front of our house. And instead yes. of putting the trash cans in the alley, they put it right behind the house, which is our front door. So huh. in the summertime, it's just horrifying, not to mention the rats that play around on it and all the trash that blows from their yard, from those trash cans into our yard. So we've been trying to get this fixed for years. Landlords weren't really helping out. Their landlords... Wait, wait, are, were the neighbors defiant? Did you ask them to do this? Did they not respond positively to this yes uh they were they were i wouldn't say defiant they were reluctant to offer any help when i said you know you know could you just put them where all the other trash cans are in the alley that way we won't have to deal what kind with of this. people and, are these but but is this this is private trash collection correct this is not through the city uh, no, I think the city collects it um, because uh, I've now arranged for a sanitation inspection. So the sanitation guy's going to come around, see that what it's there. What do you there. make of this? Yeah. Um, well, I am my mother's daughter. She would begin a covert <laughs> operation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, there's she's also no a tree. With us, so I think I can reveal that. Hmm. Well, there's also a tree that has fallen down and again it's on their property and, and the landlord doesn't seem to be seem to exist and I talked to some of the residents there and when I brought up the garbage cans they said well the fallen tree sort of covers those so doesn't that work out and I'm like yeah well, we got to get rid of the tree mate and then we got to get rid of the trash cans and they just sort of said so eh. this is this is moving along a pace this is going to work you're going and to be I, satisfied well and I just called up blindly 311 um, you know yeah, the, the yeah, DC helpline yeah. And this woman was unbelievably helpful. So, uh, so Robbie Woodland, thank you so much for that. And yes, okay. I feel feel very good about the prospects of getting this situation resolved. Um, speaking about situations resolved, we want to wish a hearty congratulations to one Brooke Forty who wins a yes. silver yes. medal in Tokyo as yes. being part of that uh, that relay in the four team. Four by two hundred. Yes. In yes. The four by two hundred. She what she did her she did her job, which yes. was to get in the pool to qualify the team for the finals, however many races that was, mm -hmm. probably at least two, I would think. And then she cheered the other people on, which is fair, because they finished ahead of her in the, in the trials. But she gets a silver medal. You know, and when she's many years from now, when she's a very successful doctor, you know, and you ask her what's the highlight of her life at some point, She's going to point to a silver medal in the Olympics. Oh, right? I got to say, relay is one of my favorite swimming events. I mean, the timing of those. And, and she basically was holding a place for Katie Ledecky, who, who they were who, trying to by save. By the way, if it's five yards more, she wins. they win. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Katie Ledecky she, she was burned. Unbelievable. Yeah. I hope she wins it. She's got one race left, the 800, right? Yes. I hope she, she wins that. I hope she wins it. I think that was the first medal she ever won in London, the 800. So, so yeah. that's good. All right, what else? Well, a silver to Brooke Forty and, and that squad for the relay race, a bronze medal to Alessandra 
Perilli. And you say, well, why do we care about her? She is the first athlete from San Marino to win a medal, and that makes San Marino the tiniest country to ever win a medal in the Olympics. Just San Marino's a city. Yeah, 34,000. It's, it it's an incorporated yeah. city. There's nobody in it. So wait, well, what, what was this medal in? It was in trap shooting. What is trap shooting? You shoot at traps. You pop out of a trap yeah, and shoot. You, what is? You know, it's when you yeah you say pull and then the trap comes out. Oh, okay. and you shoot it with a, okay. with a shotgun, I believe. I think okay, that's good. The event. Yes. So we're happy okay. for her. And it well, he still might win a Grand Slam. Novak Djokovic will not good. win a Golden Slam. I suppose he get a Bronze hmm. Slam because he's he loses in the semifinals to uh, Alexander Zverev in three sets, and now he'll have he's to face. He's not my favorite. Gene, do you like him? Tony. I don't pay any attention to tennis. Okay. I, I got to tell you, I can't help you out there. Isn't that isn't the city open next week? Does it start next yes. week? Yes, in Rafa Nadal. That's Mark Ein's tournament. Mark Ein yeah. is always so kind and invites yes. me. The castles. To, yeah, and he invites me. They give me, rackets to kids. Yeah, to this. Do they do that? Yeah, That's great. It's a great program. Um, yeah, he had the WTT, the World Team Tennis Team, that was undefeated for years. Um, he's very kind to me personally. He always says, would you like to come to the event? I don't really want to go to a big event at the moment. You and, know. and he sent you a free tracksuit, I think. Uh, a jacket? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a yeah. jacket just, years back. Just, it's really so nice. I seem to recall that. Well, city I, Open. I believe it's already in a rain delay. Yeah, the City Open. <laughs> yeah, it does get rain a lot. But I mean, yeah. but they have Nadal this year. <laughs> yeah. They have Nadal. And don't they have, instead of having a full women's card, don't they have a pretty enticing women's exhibition? Like, don't they have like four or eight really good players? They we'll do. Have that I right? I don't know the full field, but I know Coco Golf is scheduled to be part of yeah. that. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, it, and people would it, like to see her. Yeah, yeah, no, so. and she, yeah, she's so. So much go get a ticket. That's on Sixteenth Street, right? Yeah, that's on the yeah, courts right on Sixteenth Street. Yeah. yeah, a great place to learn how to drive. Rock Creek Park. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> and the Arboretum is another good place. Okay. Oh, yes. What else? Yes. Uh, Mr. Tony, we'll, we'll catch up on some of the baseball trades that you did not get to. You mentioned yeah. briefly Kyle Schwarber. He goes to the Boston Red Sox for uh, a minor league pitcher named Aldo Ramirez. So um, let's let's understand something here. He goes to Boston where he doesn't have to play the field. He can DH in Boston and just bang the ball. That's all he's there for. Hit home runs, bang it when he comes back. I don't know what's wrong with him, but he seems to be out for a long time. But when he comes back in the last, string, right? yeah, in the last forty games of the season, who's going to be surprised if he hits twenty home runs? Yeah, nobody's going to be surprised. In Boston, that's not a large park. I understand. I understand right field is deeper than left field, but it's not a large park. Okay, go ahead. Um, some people that still have not been moved, but the, the, the trade deadline is at four p.m. today. Uh, Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryant of the Cubs still expected that they might go. And and with all the talk about the Dodgers getting Trey Turner and Max Scherzer and all these brilliant players they've accumulated, do you know what the payroll is expected to be now? Two hundred and eighty-five million dollars, mm. which is you're leaving 80... something out. What's you're that? leaving something out? The Yankees oh, in a twenty-four hour period. <laughs> They've gotten Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo two yes. big left-handed hitters where there is a short right field, and two great fielders. Rizzo's a wonderful first baseman. Gallo is a, is a gold-glove center fielder. That, the, now, I think they're too far back. I don't think this year they can do much, but if they keep these two, they, they could be great next year, Right. Yeah, is that, so is that more to appeal the fan base just based on how far back they are right now and how good the rest of like, you have the Red Again, Sox and the Rays? You know, as Bruce Springsteen says in Pink Cadillac, I don't care about money because, baby, I got plenty of that. The Yankees yeah. have all yeah. – it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The Yankees, you know, the Yankees don't plant 
tomatoes. The Yankees go to the store to buy tomatoes. That's what they do. What else? Uh, melancholy at me trails, Mr. Tony, from a man I think pretty much everybody in America is familiar with. Ron Popeil, inventor and ubiquitous infomercial pitchman, passed away the other day at the age the kitchen of magician. 86. Yes. Loved him. So yes. he was the guy who said, I, I have to say this, and I don't mean to insult him in any way, but I always got the sense when I saw the stuff that he was selling that it was sort of schlocky. Right, yeah. Gene? Sort of I, schlocky. I, yes. But said it and forget it. Uh, but I oh. have to say, I almost bought the rotisserie chicken. Yeah. We had that, it. That was really tempting. The Popeil? I checked the, 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 was it the Showtime? The Ronco rotisserie? Or is that different? I don't know. No, I it. think no, that's, that's different than yeah. Popeil. Yeah. I think no, no, Ronco. The, Ron, Pop, Ron Popeil was like one of the very, if he was not the first guy, he was one of the first one, two, or three people to go on television and assault you yes. with what he was selling. Yes. So, but if you didn't hate him, you looked at this stuff and you said, "It seemed how how have I lived without this stuff?" I watched every minute of those. I I remember he could I, go fifteen minutes when I worked nights at the post. I either worked five thirty to one thirty or seven p.m. to three a.m. And when I got home, I turned on the TV. There was nothing on except infomercials, right? And I watched every second of Ron Popeil. <laughs> and of course, you're tired. It's late at night. You're almost seduced into buying them, but not quite, except almost the rotisserie chicken. Uh, I mean, he, Ron Popeil, a big deal in, like, some people write the, the history of advertising all the time. He's got to be a chapter, right? Him and Crazy Eddie in New York, yeah. oh, they've right. got to be chapters, yeah. right? Yeah. They have to be. What yeah, else? His, his two phrases were, but wait, there's more. And as you said, uh, Tony, set it and forget it. I just yeah. want to tell you. Um, yeah, so we had that. The showtime. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He, so he sold the company Ronco in 2005 for $56 million. So it was a life well led for What for was the thing about his father? This is the best thing you said all day. So his parents divorced when they were very young. I'm sorry to laugh at this. It's just so no bizarre. Sentence. He said he never no really sentence. had a childhood. He never had a birthday party because I guess he went to live with his grandparents. But his father got remarried. That second wife hired two men to kill him. When that pot him. was found out, she went to jail. They got divorced. When she was released from jail, what did they do? Of course, they got remarried. <laughs> because he wanted to give her another chance to kill him. It was just she was convicted of trying to kill him, and he married her again. That is somebody that believes in, in you know, the penal system that when you get out, you're good. You're good yeah, at this point. Yeah. You're not going to do this you again. Can yeah, no yeah. You grow yes. more when apart. Wow. Okay. What else? And, and Mr. Tony, we'll, we'll close things out with, um, I, I think this may be one of the reasons why Chatter was not more successful is you could, didn't build in certain reasons. extra attractions like they have done in Texas at the Oak Meadow Ranch in the Whitehorse Steakhouse, which is on the grounds. So what do you do? You can book a five-course meal, and then you can interact with some of the 12 species of exotic animals on the property, including camels, sloths. I believe I thought uh, there's kangaroos, goats, horses, other cats. Um, yeah. So, so you, you can't, but you can't point to one and say that is dinner. May I see the bird specials, parks, please? The bird parks thing <laughs> where at the end of that movie that was written by, by Andy Bergman, you can't do that. No, no, okay. you don't. So, so, but then what's, 
Well, I don't see why that's a big well, attraction. Well, we need to get Tori to get these animals to her Christmas party. Yeah. 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 And and by the way, so, if the animals aren't enough to attract you there, the ranch also has axe throwing, hiking trails, and venues that can be rented for special occasions. So something for everybody. Axe throwing is insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could take plus, off your own head. Axe throwing you, plus drinking. Yeah, you could. Yes. 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 <laughs> that, As if darts isn't bad enough. I'll have another ranch water, please. Yeah. Axe throwing plus drinking leads to remarrying your wife who tried to kill you when she gets out of prison. It's, it's totally insane. Take another yes. shot at it. Go ahead. All right, good. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, Jason LaConfora will join us when we return. We got to talk. We haven't talked about Aaron Rodgers, really. We haven't talked about how crazy that was, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a ZipRecruiter ad. If you're a business owner who's hiring, you probably face a lot of challenges when it comes to finding the right person for your role. That's why hiring can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board. But then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. It's no wonder over 2.3 million businesses have come to ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. So while other companies overwhelm you with way too many options, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. Once again, you go to this unique place, ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Ian Perry of Garden City, Long Island, which used to house Newsday, where I used to work. I spent a lot of time in Garden City. And he writes, hi, guys. Wanted to share a track off our new record I think you'll enjoy, based on absolutely no empirical data. On a separate note, between television and podcast capabilities, since PTI started 20 years ago, I believe I've seen or listened to 99% of the episodes, and now I'm diving into the podcast. Gold, Jerry. And yes, I need a hoppy. This is called... <laughs> Melody Oh My, the name of the group is Space Haven. It's run by Ian Perry, as I said, in Garden City, Long Island. And Michael, if people want to send in their original music like Melody Oh My, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornheiserShow.com. And one reminder, you can listen to the music in its entirety without us tracking over it at the end of the show. Jason Lockenfora joins us now. I, I will say this. I have, don't think I've had a chance to say it on a podcast because of the way it fell. I watched Aaron Rodgers field one question, which is, Aaron, could you catch us up on what happened and go for about 15 minutes, for about 15 minutes. It was a complete and utter tour de force. And yeah. I will say that he wisely and almost brilliantly played to the only constituency that matters, his teammates, his teammates, past and current, what yeah. did you make of that, and where does it leave him with the Packers? Well, I mean, I, I think, the, you know, the last dance thing may be a bit cliche now. It, it, it may have um, <clears throat> taken on a little bit of a different meaning for some in the aftermath of it, but that 
10 hours or whatever it was that um, I watched and I feel like most sports fans watched. <clears throat> but I think that, that just, that's just what it is, Tone. Um, it's a marriage of convenience for one more year, or I guess you could call it a marriage of inconvenience um, because I, I still don't think he really, you know, wants to be there, but the way things went down um, with the leverage he had and the leverage he doesn't have with the way holdouts work in this league and, and how um, how much more punitive teams can be in those situations now under this CBA than under the previous one. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's at the end of the day, is he? Can he be stubborn? Can can he be um, maybe a little petulant? Can he be um, passive aggressive to a fault? Yes, but he's also very smart. Um, he's very calculated, and I, I think he he at the end of the day looked at this, looked at the start of camp, looked at what was on the table, and said, "I'm I'm going to make them squirm some more here." I'm I'm going to squeeze for everything I can contractually, not from a financial aspect, but from a um, uh, a term, right? A number of years and no franchise tag, and and try to set up my exit, and then it's going to be me and my band of merry men against the world, all right? Against the GM, against Mark Murphy, um, against the man, against the powers that be, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but I think you're, you're probably pretty naive to think that like Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> you know, is, is it's all happy, happy, joy, joy. And like, you know what I mean? Everything's buried now. And it's just, right. it's just business. It's just the game. It's not personal. No, I, 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 I think um, he, he goes into this year in his heart, knowing that I'm, I'm here kind of despite these guys. It is. Um, what he did was tremendous in this regard. He articulated the point of view of every single player who has ever played in any sport. When he, he First of all, he showed the coach and the general manager and the president his utter contempt for them. Mm-hmm. Utter contempt. Yeah. When he said, look, you know, I offered to help and <laughs> they didn't even yeah. want it. You know, yeah. people are coming here to play with me and they didn't even want it. And then he said... The thing that all players want to say, which is this, when he named all the players who'd been let go badly, in his opinion. All players want to say, I know you're paying me a lot of money, but you treat me badly. You think you own me. And Aaron Rodgers, and they're afraid to say that out loud. Aaron Rodgers has enough money and enough standing that he could say that out loud. I think those players on that team will die for him. I don't know how good they're going to be. But I don't think he. I don't think he has to worry at all about those players dying for oh, him. No. Or am I overrating it to you? No, no, no. I I think you're um, exactly right in terms of how that will play in that locker room and and tone in every locker room around the league. Because let's be real, uh, he he's he can't wait for his Tom Brady moment, right? He can't wait. Now yeah. he's not going to be an unrestricted yeah. free agent. It's it's going to be a little different, but. If he plays like Aaron Rodgers this year, if he plays anything like he did last year, then he's going to be able to steer the ship because whoever acquires him is going to want him for more than one more year. 
They're going to say this is a Tom Brady situation. This cat is an assassin. He's going to do this two more years, three more years, and we want that control. If we're going to make a big-time football trade here, and this isn't just a salary dump, then right. we want we want controllable years. So he's not doing an extension anywhere. He doesn't want to do an extension. So I think it was also a message to everybody else out there, you know, that this is you want to ride with me. I'll 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 look the man in his eye and I'll tell him what I think of him for all of us. It was really so, it was really something. I the, the, the most obvious question I think in terms of football is is he coachable now? Is he actually coachable? Um, I mean, I, I think that part of it, there was already some some tension. I mean, yeah. I reported a lot about that hire when they made it and that he was surprised by it. He, for a team that seemed to be on the cusp, he was a little bit taken aback by it. Not just that he didn't have any sort of role in it, but just that that it happened that quickly and that it went to the guy it went to who had really no very little pedigree as an offensive coordinator. I mean, he was about yeah. to get run out of Tennessee. He ran the ball in Tennessee more than Mike Malarkey did. And, you know, is this a leader of men? Is this a guy to take us over the top? Um, so the whole thing started on shaky ground. And, and the first year, they, they won a lot of games. But Aaron Rodgers was sort of along for the ride. I mean, they just wanted... Aaron Rodgers to be a caretaker. He was treated like, don't mess it up. We're going to run ourselves, you know, we're going to throw a little bit early and then run when we got the lead and then, you know, sit on the ball and let our defense try to tee off on people with the lead. And you just don't mess it up. And that didn't sit really well for him. And then last year is when I think, you know, they had a little bit of a meeting of the minds and it became more of a big boy offense. Um, so coachable, I mean, there's going to be pushback. He's he's going to, at times, undermine you, with not just even with a word, but with a look or with a word to a teammate, um, you know, or, 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 or with a smirk. But Tone, <laughs> not many have done it better than, you know, there's a price to pay with all these guys, um, by and large, who, um, who are that accomplished and that smart and that aware um, and that engaged and that competitive. And I think what it does for me is make, I look at this and, and I take a step back and I'm like, it's amazing that Belichick and Brady spent 20 years together. And they yes. never, you know what I mean? And there wasn't that press conference at any point in time along the way. Well, I, my guess is, and this is just a guess that, that Belichick He's so weird in the things that he says publicly, but he never stepped on Brady. He never took the ball out of Brady's hands, really. I mean, you know, they never drafted somebody that was threatening to Brady in that way. Belichick wasn't effusive in his praise, but he stayed out of the way, or maybe I'm wrong on that. Well, I mean, the, the Garoppolo thing was, I mean, that okay. was the second yeah, round. Garoppolo. And they yeah, Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and, and you're publicly, you're right, publicly. He, he was pretty careful about Tom. But in that in that building, he actually went after Tom more than anybody else because in his view, and I think Tom understood this and for the most part went along with it until the last couple of years where he's like, enough's enough. 
his thing was if I could tear Tom down and make him the everyman and, and, and you know what I mean, and, and, and go after him um, maybe in a way stronger um, in, in, in front of the group the way I would the 53rd man on the roster, then that's yeah. going to keep everybody in line. Well, the Arians went after Brady publicly yes. in the first six or seven games, and, and I remember going on PTI well. and saying, and what's this guy doing? They went into that bye week, you know, teetering a little bit, and then yeah, and then things, you know, things clicked, and they did, they did, although they never, you know, they never came out and announced it. They did start catering that offense to him. They started running the ball more. They started, you know, calling more, uh, you know, enacting a little bit more motion at the line, um, and then they started throwing to the running backs more, and and they they did, you know, not so much chuck it, chuck and duck, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. All right, let me let me move on to something. And maybe this is just a local story with the Washington team that their vaccination rate is so low, it's like still only around 50%. Yeah. Is 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 this common throughout the league and the league has because the league does not have a collective bargaining agreement with employees other than players, the league has said if you're not vaccinated, get out of here. You know, we don't want you. But they haven't said that to players because it's probably specifically excluded in the collective bargaining agreement. But what is the vaccination rate? Is it lower than it should be? What is your what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean. For around the league, the vaccination, the vaccination rate is 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 pretty high. You know, it's it's over. It's over 90 percent now. Oh, okay. There are a couple of outliers, though. Washington football team and the Indianapolis Colts in particular, and if you look at the COVID restricted list, it's it's reflected. Um, it's reflected there in in the additions that continue to happen. Now they're not the only team that it's happening to, but it seems to be happening um, in multiples there, uh, in, in in a way that you're not seeing in most places. I think the league. Uh, we talked about this months ago, and I said at some point, Tony, the owners are going to get together. They're going to look at last year's bottom line. They're going to look at projections for this year. And they're going to have the league office put out. A, they're not going to be able to mandate it, but they're going to tiptoe right up to a mandate. And they're going to try to to make life so uncomfortable for someone who's not vaccinated that they just decide to go ahead and do it. And that's essentially what came out, I don't know, seven or ten days ago, whatever it was. And we've seen the numbers league-wide continue to trend upward. Uh, since then, you're not going to get everybody. Um, that's just the reality of this world and this country. Um, but for Washington in particular, uh, for the numbers to be so low to the point where the coach is basically down on one knee begging publicly at the start of camp. Yeah. And the coach is at greater risk himself because of, you know his battle with cancer. It's it's far from ideal. Um, it is definitely a cause of great frustration and consternation within that organization. Does the NFLPA? Um, I mean, the, the league has said we're going to forfeit games, and you're going to forfeit pay. You're going to forfeit pay. Has, has the NFLPA taken a position at all on vaccinations? Well, there's been statements here or there and an internal memo where they, they do continue to sort of respect 
the idea of it's a choice. Um, but they also make clear that a lot of this was sort of already baked in last year. Um, we obviously didn't have a, a vaccine component to it, but a lot of these potential p- penalties um, right. were already in place last year. It never came to that point. Um, I think that the larger reality out of that was because we have some guardrails now and some, some protective, um, at least potential, you know, yeah, obviously you can still get COVID if you're vaccinated, but it certainly takes away the, the, it mitigates the risk of it being something, you know, that, that is going to, um, you know, send you to the hospital or, or what have you, that we have some things in place now that we didn't then. And last year we came together and we did a whole bunch of stuff that we wouldn't normally do to try to keep, get this thing off the ground and keep it off the ground. And it worked, I think, better than anybody could have fathomed. And every game got played. Yeah. But because we have vaccines now and because we know more about this thing now and because we, 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 those protocols largely did work if you abided by them, we're not playing games on 12 o'clock on Wednesday anymore. You know what I mean? Because you don't have enough players to play. The responsibility is on you as an owner, as a coach, as a player to be able to field the team. Um, and if you're vaccinated to a certain degree, then we're going to investigate it and we're going to see what's going on there and we'll try to make things still happen. But if you're not, then just understand that you're doing so at a potential financial risk to yourself. And I think the, the PA is in a little bit of a tough spot and they're kind of trying to have it both ways. But at the end of the day, the PA, like the NFL, is in the business of playing these games, getting guys and making paid, money, growing the salary yeah. cap, right? right? Keeping people employed, um, not having to deal with grievances over they cut me because I wasn't vaccinated. Well, guess what? Being vaccinated would help your job security. Like you knew that going in. So, yes, I think privately there's a lot of things where they're, they're kind of winking back at the league saying we get it. Publicly, they, they, they have a larger constituent than not, a constituency than not that is vaccinated, but they, they don't want to sort of abandon the unvaccinated ones. But they also get what's going on here and, and this undertaking that we're trying to do that right now involves 90 men in 32 different buildings um, about to start trekking the country to try to play, you know, yeah. a, a full season, whatever it is, the 248 games or whatever. All right, thank you. Plug your pod, your podcast. Plug your radio show for us. Plug your oh, radio thanks, show. So, as always, you can listen to me uh, from two to six weekdays on Inside Access on one hundred five seven The Fan, or you can stream us at www dot one hundred five seven The Fan. A um, lot of football talk, a lot of Ravens talk, Orioles trade deadline today. What will they do? We'll, we'll even talk about the Nats who. Boy, oh boy! I think the O's. I think the O's. They, they, they almost. They're probably going to beat them in a best of seven this year. They're definitely going to be able to beat them in a best of seven next year. Um, oh no, 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 yeah, no! They can beat guys. them four zero. They, 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 yeah, they wouldn't even they, go they seven. Swept them a couple ways. I think seven. that was the end when they swept them. But, oh, um, boy. Yeah. Hope you guys can join me after you're done um, listening to every morsel of Tony's podcast. Thank you, Jason. Jason Lockett, Thank four you boys and Have girls. a great one. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, we will take a break. We will. Have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Out on the course for 18 holes. Get around it 100. That's the goal. Archie Michael, 
Es ist great. It's just great beyond words. The music and the lyrics by Don Brewer. It's an American band by Grand Funk Railroad. Don Brewer did original music and lyrics, jingle vocals by the great Steve Lipton, parody lyrics by Bill Bardo. Hope you like it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, Nigel, Bethesda Bagels there. They gave us a bunch of bagels, so Jeannie and Michael can go home with bagels today. Yes, big bagel day. Uh, all you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. All righty, then that's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying, only echoes of my mind. People stop and stare, and I can't see their faces. Only the shadows of their eyes. If you've... Uh, the Dustin Hoffman, John Voight movie is Midnight where Cowboy. I first heard this. Midnight Cowboy, where John Voight is in the bus going yeah. to New York City yeah. in his uh, Western gear. This is Harry Nilsson singing, but he didn't write it. A guy named Fred Neal wrote this song. It's a tremendous, everybody's talking is a tremendous song. This ain't Three Dog Night, kids. This is a real song. <laughs> Thanks no to more. Jason Lockett, four of CBS Sports. Thanks to our sponsors, Solo Stoven. Zip Recruiter, thanks to Jeannie for sitting in. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. If you've never seen the movie Midnight Cowboy, you owe it to yourself to see Midnight Cowboy. I'm going to recommend three movies. Midnight Cowboy, and I think I said this the other day, that I had this feeling about the Olympics. Um, the Last Emperor and The Truman Show. You should oh, see yeah. these movies. These are really, really good yeah. movies. From Sam Davidson in Simsbury, New York, some 55 years ago, seven fellow scouts and I went to 10 Mile River Boy Scout Camp in Narrowsburg, New York for a two-week session. All eight of us got sick from the horrible food. I was in the infirmary for two days and tried to bargain with the doctor to send me home, but was not successful. As for accommodations, three of us were put in a lean-to with a random weird guy whose parents sent him to camp for all eight weeks. Two years later, he murdered his father. Oh, my God. God. It was in all the New York papers. Don't get me wrong. I think summer camps are great, but there's nothing more antithetical to a kid from New York City than Boy Scout camp. Well, I... Wow. I didn't see that coming about the kid murdering his father. Uh, Steve, the sycophant, on Friday's pod, you mentioned your fear of alligators on the golf course since they run at least 20 miles per hour. Silly Satchmo, I thought. No alligator can run that fast. Well, let me apologize profusely. Turns out alligators only swim 20 miles an hour. They can run 35. My online source did say a running alligator tires easily. I guess that means if you and Michael are playing golf and you hit a shot close to an alligator, it's okay to send Michael after your ball as long as the alligator looks tired and out of shape. Yes, they're very fast in a sprinting area. And they grab your leg and they pull you under the water and they kill you. From Cheve in Somerville, Massachusetts. I first took the train back in 2000 when I was an undergrad at Temple University. I'd ride it home to Boston. I've taken Amtrak hundreds of times over the last 20 years, including a couple of trips down to D.C. to visit Chatter. But in all that time, I've never seen a mouse on the train. Was Tori in a passenger car or was she riding with hobos in a freight car? <laughs> From Tim Duza or Duza. Since you're not accepting items at home, if anyone wants to send things to my house, I'll welcome it with open arms. I like bourbon and wine, but I'll settle for Chinese mystery meat. Since I'm in Chicago, I'll even photograph myself enjoying the items in front of Wilbon's building on the street. Well, it'll be a tall building in the same city Wilbon lives. Either way, send me stuff. From Michael Sullivan, it is my solemn duty to the pod to confirm that bubula is indeed a Boston term. As a doctor, you should be sure to pass this advice to the littles, an information for life moment. Never drink from a bubula in Revere. It's bubbler. Not bubbler. Bubbler yeah. is what my grandmother called me. It's bubbler. <laughs> Never drink from a bubbler in Revere. Why anyone would ever put themselves in Revere is beyond me, but accidents happen and they should be aware of not being aware. Sully from Boston, host of Massachusetts only Summer of Littles event, predictably in the heart of downtown Boston. Never Revere. It's a bubbler. Is that how it's pronounced? 
That's right. Bubbler was is is Bubbler. an ethnic term. Bubbler is is a water fountain. Yeah, water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did Bubbler. you know that? I've always called them water fountains. Water fountains. That's yeah, water yeah. fountains. Well, but in Boston they also call soda pop. Yeah. You know, and they, who knows what they call fireflies? And that, yeah, and they call um, <laughs> hero sandwiches. Are they hoagies there? Or they have their own term. Yeah. Yeah. Submarines. Ooh. Yeah, they have their own term. Austin and Scottsdale, Arizona, formerly of Portland, Maine. Next time, come to Arizona. Forget Wilbon's Manor and that other emailer's hotel. You can stay with us in a spare bedroom with our 90-pound black lab named Brock. Yes, after Brock Holt, he even said he'd let you bring one of his favorite frisbees back to Chessie. I'll start blowing the air mattress up now. From Susie Gillian Williams in Molino, Oregon. But can the Revolution Toaster close for the Nats? Well, they're going to need somebody now because Hudson's gone and Han's gone. And you don't want to see Suero. Steve Edelman in Highland Heights, Ohio. I only caught a few moments this morning's Sports Center highlights. But I was unfortunate enough to see the Phillies Nats recap from Monday night in which Brad Hand served up a three run jack to blow a virtually sure thing win and perhaps snuff out the Nats' fading hopes of making the playoffs. As a Clevelander and an Indians Guardians fan, I have an ulcer you could drive a truck through from watching Brad Hand pitch for my team the past two and a half years. Say what you want, but the man is consistent as heck. He piles up easy saves against the dregs of the league, but when you push all your chips in the middle of the table as the Nats did Monday night, you can count on Hand melting like a fudgicle on the steps of the capital in mid-August. Witness the last image of Brad Hand as an Indian was having coughed up two runs in the top of the ninth to the Yankees last year to eliminate the Tribe from the playoffs. Now I eagerly await Hand's TK-bestowed nickname along the lines of the Beltway Mitterrand, the Connecticut Avenue conundrum, the DuPont disappointment. I'm trembling in delicious anticipation. I'm just glad he went to Toronto. I'm just glad he's out of here. Just he was terrible. He was terrible lately. Just we terrible. We were warned. Yeah. Clint Stockham in Galloway, Ohio, during the shingles conversation, an excellent way to start the day, by the way, I think it was revealed that Nigel is over 60. Can we get Cindy Boren on this? We get that. From Dennis Bounds in Redmond, Washington. Earlier this year, my wife telling, kept telling me to get the shingles shot. Three weeks before my annual physical, I told her I'd ask my doctor about it. Days later, guess what? Mr. Shingles showed up on my body. Not pleasant. And some of it is still, some of it is still with me. You listeners of a certain age should get the shot. Or as you always tell your listeners, use the code. No, you gotta. Yeah, you you don't want to get it. Yeah, you, you, you just, just don't want to get it. From Scott Feist in Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. I'm a person who occasionally takes the Amtrak. From St. Louis <laughs> to Warrensburg, Missouri to visit my daughter and granddaughter stationed at Whiteman Air Force Base. Um... And your trip leads to the question, what could possibly go wrong? Could be raining for three days. You're traveling with your wife and other six-year-old um, granddaughter. The train runs along the bluffs of the Missouri River. In the middle of nowhere between Herman Jefferson City and 6.30 p.m. in the winter, a boulder dislodges from the cliff, striking the train. You stop where the fire trucks are in Chamoy, Missouri to put out the electrical fire which started from the strike. The eastbound train stops and changes tracks to tow you back to Herman, Missouri, who doesn't know you're coming and the hotels are closed. Your daughter drives two and a half hours to pick the three of you up in Herman to drive to Whiteman Air Force Base where you finally arrive at 2.30 a.m. where you originally do in at 8 p.m. See the attached picture with what could possibly go wrong. And it's an attached picture of a oh boulder God. having struck an Amtrak train. Yeah. Oh. Um, 
From Gus Ribeiro in Albany, New York. Dear Dr. Tony, so I understand you're taking a trip to a destination two hours north of Manhattan. This is clearly the location of Kellerman's Mountain House in the Catskills. That can only mean you've finally agreed to star as 73-year-old Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing 3. Oh, the oblique strain. I hope Ann Hornaday doesn't put you in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. From Patrick Cronshaw in Chesapeake Beach. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise your kids. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there to raise them if you did. And that was uh, in answer to Elon Musk's Mars mission. Uh, Warren Nagler. My name is Warren Nagler. I live in Elk Grove, California, where I believe Bill Cartwright, the center for the Chicago Bulls, is from Elk Grove, California, by way of Flushing, Queens. I was listening to Nigel in a news segment from last Friday's show. I couldn't stop laughing. I, too, have a camp horror story. I teach sixth grade. Every year, we take our students to a week-long science camp in the California foothills. A few years ago, it became Camp Norovirus, as the highly contagious stomach illness with a fabulous vomiting and diarrhea spread from cabin to cabin, infecting students, parents, and teachers. It got so bad, they shut the camp down two days early and gave us one hour to get packed before the buses would arrive to take us home. Besides the hellish ride home with the souvenir vomit bags, the school wouldn't cancel classes the next day, and kids and teachers had to come in. The virus spread even further, and then we had to decontaminate the classrooms. The unclaimed bags, shirts, and shoes were burned, and to this day, when we tell parents this horror story, they always say, we heard about that. And we say, yes, but we lived it. Take care and stay away from Camp Noro. Uh, from Peter Jennings, not that. Our Peter Jennings, not that. I was intrigued by your incredulity about three on three basketball being an Olympic sport for the show today. I believe that the host city country is allowed to select five sports to introduce for the Olympics. I also believe that Tokyo selected three-on-three basketball, surfing, skateboarding. Not sure of the last two. Three-on-three is immensely popular in Japan, hence the selection by the host city. I was surprised, as you are, by all of the above, uh, stunned when our son informed us he was moving to Japan six years ago to play in a professional three-on-three basketball league and is still competing there today. He plays all over Japan. He's played in China. Last year went to Doha for the championship tournament. The league has expanded to five new countries. It's actually a very fast, fun, exciting, and entertaining game. You would love it. I, I would love it. I played three-on-three my whole life. <laughs> Wilbon, not so sure. Our son is currently doing analysis on the three-on-three competition for media outlet in, uh, in Tokyo. I'm sure Nigel can reach out to him and give you an in-depth game notes. So what also surprised me was when it was referred to on TV, it was referred to as 3x3, which is how it's written, 3x3, but it's 3-on-3. Mm-hmm. 3x3, three. Yeah. Three what does that mean? From Keith Borland in Kenmore, Washington. I was catching up on PTI. I noted during the Cleveland Guardians discussion, both Wilbon and Hofwaff lauded the Cleveland Browns on being named after Paul Brown. With the inevitable move of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas, it only makes sense to rename them the Oakland Greens after the city founder, Mo Green. They they could change their logo to a pair of glasses with a bullet hole through them. Finally, there'd be a sign, poster, plaque, or a statue of him there. It's all the Godfather movies rolled up into one. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. I hate bananas. I hate pumpkins. I hate squirrels. I hate watermelon. (laughs) I do. I hate all those things.
talking What's going on lately Cause you 